I'm sitting here in my own house, minding my own This is High Camp, the podcast where I try to watch all 406 movies from an out-of-print gay film guide before I die. I'm your host, Brian Rucker, and I'm excited to be joined by John Milstein today. Hey, Brian. So excited to be here uh, back in Atwater Village. Excited to have you. It's been a while since you've been over to the old chateau. Mm -hmm. Yep, (laughs) yep. Uh, Can I say we were on a mod team together at UCB? We I don't wrote, want to jump the gun. No, no, no. Yeah, we wrote, uh, if for those of you who are not familiar with UCB, mod is means sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, yeah, that was the first couple years that I lived in LA. Uh, we wrote sketch together, and John's one of the funniest sketch writers I know. Oh, thanks, Brian. You too. I, oh, we had, thank we you. Had, that was a, I mean, I have such fond memories of coming over to this Atwater Village home. Me and too. This is like the first, yeah, this was the first home where we, where I really came into the apartment and got down to business yeah. writing. Because you were comedy. pretty new to LA at that point too. Pretty you much, were just, yeah. You're so, you were just out of college, right? Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, um, we, it was a great team. It was so fun. Um, yeah, some notable people on oh, that team. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm watching Barry recently. Oh, yeah. Seeing Kirby, she's so funny, is really cool. Kirby Hall-Baptiste. Yeah. Friend of the mod team, uh, <laughs> member of the team. So funny, so great, and just blowing up. And, like, she's going to be... Is she going to be in the new... She's, like, the new James Bond movie? There's or there was something a, I, I saw. I saw, yeah. The, the best thing recently was I was on a American Airlines flight, and she had maybe a cover story or it was a big Whoa. story in the American Airlines so cool that's great mm-hmm. uh yeah that was that was so fun um and like cuz we started doing that team i feel like around in the winter time so when mm-hmm. it's a little colder now i got i got a candle burning mm-hmm. Uh, you can't smell on the podcast, but it's cloves and cinnamon. Yeah. Yep. I really like it. It's a flashback. I love uh, cheap Bath & Body Works candles. Oh, yeah. I, I love candles, too. And I recently, my girlfriend sent me an article that said that candles, scented candles, cause cancer. And oh, uh, since then, I've been more concerned. But I had a period of no candles, and now I'm back in it. You know, you got to enjoy your life while you're still around. Yeah, I'd be curious for you to forward that article to yeah, me because yeah. I, now I'm deeply concerned. No, yeah, no, I mean, what doesn't cause sickness? Pretty and, much, yeah, everything. Right, we're on borrowed time. Um, So we just have to enjoy life as is. I mean, I live like 500 feet from a giant freeway, so if oh, anyone's yeah. getting cancer, it's me. Right, I definitely made the, I used to live very close to a freeway, and I made the, at one point I pulled up the Google Maps image to calculate exactly my distance from the freeway, and it was with, it was, I was within the, the danger Bad zone. distance, yeah. yeah. I think I'm slightly outside of the like real danger zone, but I'm mm. I'm in the like the questionable. Got it, zone, got it. The so, Q zone. Uh, the Q zone. Um. So I start now. I start this podcast. I guess for the last few weeks, doing a little segment that I like to call industry news. I don't know. There's probably a more creative way to. I love say it. That, you know, sometimes sure. you just gotta go with what works. Yeah, yeah. Um. Disney Plus launched this week. Your thoughts? Are you a Disney Plus guy? I know. I I haven't subscribed. Have you? No. I 
I've never subscribed for a streaming service. I'm a, really? I'm a, I'm a freeloader to my oh, core. <laughs> it's really bad to admit, but I've always been on family or friend or strangers yeah. account. Uh, that's good. So which, which streaming services do you currently steal from people? I have, I'm on my brother's Netflix. Thank you, Dan. I'm on my neighbor's brother's HBO go account. <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, I'm on, I'm like, this is like really embarrassing, I guess, but I'm also on my, I'm also on my girlfriend's Hulu, I got oh, it. That's I got, not but I don't, I don't, I don't mess around with the Hulu too much. So. It, well, if you, if your girlfriend pays for Hulu anyway, you might as well get the Disney plus I, maybe I should. cause it comes with Hulu, like the deluxe version of Disney plus. Oh comes really? With Hulu. That'd be a cool thing for me to do. You know, I'm coming into, you know, maturity. I got to get the, the streaming service and start paying it forward. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess like I started getting. I was already an adult when streaming services mm-hmm. like became a real thing. So I never was able, I've tried to steal my mom's yeah, like yeah. Showtime account, but I, cause I have to be like, Oh, what's your password? And it, it becomes more complicated to try to get the information out of her. Not because of anything she's, she's being stingy. It's just like, she doesn't know how to access things right, like that. Right. So it's easier for me to just pay yeah. Like put down the, the big bucks. That's what they're counting on. They're counting on moms yeah. <laughs> conveying the passwords. <laughs> um, but yeah, now, because I've had Netflix, well, I have an Amazon Prime, and then I do subscribe to Criterion Channel. Oh, which that's cool. made me able to watch the movie we're, we're going to talk about today, oh, Tiny nice. Up, Tiny Down. The library one is cool, too. Oh, yeah, uh, you have Canopy? Canopy, yeah. yeah. Uh, that is a great service. I feel like with Disney+, Plus, I do have, you know, working in the entertainment industry... I have some amount of like ill will towards Disney because they own everything. Yeah. So I, I, you know, not in a major way, but I don't like, I'm not jumping at the opportunity to give Disney more money. No. But I don't know. I, I mean, give them enough money because I stupidly um, have a, like a past, an annual pass to Disneyland. Oh, nice. Which, is already I, that is like a morally dubious thing to give that much money to, to right, Disney. Yeah, uh, and I'm not a big Star Wars person. Right. Like I don't. There's nothing on Disney Plus at least right now that I'm yeah. clamoring to watch. I think I I do want to watch this. I have never watched all the episodes of The Simpsons, and I think that is kind of cool. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I this cropping thing. That was another thing I saw. They're gonna have to change that. Yeah, people are pretty pretty fed up. That's so stupid. The geeks are mad. I mean, know? everyone. I like. Yeah. I'm not a Simpson. Like, I'm not a Simpsons purist or anything. But yeah. if you're watching something, and you're not seeing the whole, especially like an animated show where there are visual jokes. Yeah. Uh, I know that's crazy. It seems ridiculous. I, I saw this really cool um, thing with Siskel and Ebert where they were talking about letterboxing back in, I think, like 1999 when DVDs were coming out. People were mad about letterboxing, and they oh, wow. broke down why it's important and they why like formatting a movie to full screen back then because they were taking widescreen to full yeah screen it was the opposite is what they're doing now and yeah so maybe we should send that around yeah well like both are valid if something was made in full screen watch Just it that way, way if something yeah. was made in widescreen watch it that way yeah totally um, I mean, A24 is doing the full screen thing all the time. Maybe yeah. you know, it's like, that's cool now. The lighthouse is like yeah. basically a square. Right. Um, one more quick thing before we move on. Have you heard of the James Dean hologram? Oh, yeah. That's wild. So I'll read this from, I guess, a press release. The production company Magic City Films announced Wednesday it would be digitally recasting James Dean the legendary actor who died in 1955 car crash at age 24 for the upcoming film finding Jack, 
The Hollywood Reporter states that Gene will play D- Dean will play a secondary lead role in the project adapted from Gareth Crocker's novel about the thousands of military dogs abandoned at the end of the Vietnam War. Wow, I are you excited to see? I this? had no idea. I'm more interested in the dog angle than the <laughs> 3D James. I didn't know about the the dogs because there are so many dog movies now. Yeah, I think. Three or four of them must come out every year. Yeah, but they're, I feel like they're all... This seems maybe more gritty. Dog. I, when I think of dog movies, they're ones that basically look like Christian movies. It's yeah. like Dog's Purpose, Dog's Way Home. They feel like vaguely religious Oh, I'm sure they're, they're like, like explicitly <laughs> yeah. religious. Well, there was the one that came out this summer that was about... It was with Milo Ventimiglia, and it was like a dog that is also a race car driver or something. Oh, I didn't know. I had no idea. About and then that one. one of them dies. I don't know if the dog dies or the human dies. Wow. And there might be body switching involved. I have no idea. Yeah, I feel like we need more dog movies like that. Like yeah. More '90s monk, like a uh, Dustin Dunstan Dunstan checks, check, yeah. checks in type. Well, Air Bud. Air Bud. Yeah. Like goofy, uh, high concept do- like dog movies would be rather than. I don't know. I, I have to see a dog's purpose. I, I bet I would cry my <laughs> damn eyes out. <laughs> I just wish there were more cat movies. Uh, oh, interesting. Cats are hard to wrangle, but they're so much more yeah. psychologically complex than have dogs. Have you seen the Grumpy Cat movie with Aubrey Plaza? No. I no, I've seen... I've, I probably shouldn't just seen clips of it. Got it. It looked uncanny. That one looked bad. Yeah, that's a lifetime. Yeah. That was not a full... And that seemed like a little bit of a... Like a, the whole thing was sort of a bit. That's a cash grab. Yeah. yeah. Well, just like not be, like how Lifetime also did that Will Ferrell, Kristen Wiig. Oh yeah, one. I gotta watch that. I really want to watch that. Honestly, it was interesting. I watched it. It's it was like an interesting sort of attempt at yeah. sort of satirizing those movies while playing into the tropes as well. I really like. There's a Will Ferrell movie, Casa de Mi Padre. Did you ever see that? I've one? never seen it. No. So that's by Andrew Steele, who wrote also the uh, Lifetime one and. I think both those movies are very, yeah, kind of committed parodies. And the Casa de Mi Padre is awesome. It's really funny. What is what is it a parody of? It's just kind of, I guess it's like a telenovela type thing. And it was made because Will, they, Will Ferrell wanted to make a movie for like Spanish-speaking audiences. And apparently like many of the people who saw it in theaters, it was big Spanish, with Spanish-speaking, with Hispanic people. And um, it's... A lot of gags, but it's also like so. It's kind of like airplane type visual gags and stuff. Like they're riding on horses, but they're but they're toy horses. And but anyway, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds great. That's my recommendation for the podcast. Um, so aside from Casa de Me Padre, I'm not saying I'll I'll be saying some really like poor Spanish this <laughs> yeah. episode. I'm just gonna say right <laughs> off the bat. Uh, have you been? What have you been watching lately? Any well, good? I have. I oh, sorry to cut you off. No, no, just any any cool tv shows or movies um, i have been binging barry i didn't watch it until now and it's very captivating episode to episode i yeah. really want to finish it. <laughs> it are you on the second season now or uh yeah yeah so i'm way behind obviously but it's great it's so good and it gets i think even better in the second season yeah yeah um so that's great i watched pain and glory did oh you yeah see, did you see yeah, that? yeah yeah i loved it i thought that was awesome i mean I love Almodovar. Yeah, I do too. Almodovar, I never Almodovar, I Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, and it was it was great to see Pain and Glory sort of right before yes. I saw Because had you seen Time Me Up, Time Me Down before? Never. No, me neither. And like to look at Antonio Banderas. He's such a king. Oh my <laughs> He's the God. Best. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the most tender 
playing the most tender, vulnerable character in Pain and Glory, and then we'll talk about his time yeah. up, time you down. Also <laughs> tender, vulnerable, but yeah, in a different way. But it's funny, like people talk about Almodovar and how much his movies have changed, or uh-huh. like early Almodovar versus late Almodovar, uh-huh. and at least in this movie and in Pain and Glory, they like the tone seems relatively similar. Like it's not, it's not a a wild leap. I don't between think. the two. Yeah. Well, interesting. You don't agree. Well, it's you know what is funny. I do think that there's something that uh, seeing a movie in a different language that you changes your. Um, it's hard for me to like key into the tone as much. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because you just don't like. And I don't want to jump the gun on painting gl- on uh, time me up, no, time no, me no. down. But um, yeah, uh, certain things. Obviously, you get the words, you get the performance, but certain things about like the characters maybe are you don't perceive. Yeah, and I think there, especially in his movies, there are, I think are a lot of like specifics about Spanish life mm-hmm. yeah. and like be living in Madrid, and probably a lot of like class issue yeah. stuff that might go over our heads right i assume um, um and like listening to people that are almodovar scholars or at least like spanish i think get a a lot of stuff that that probably go over goes mm-hmm. over our heads mm-hmm. um but yeah let's not jump the gun yes. i want to talk about I, I saw the irishman oh you i that's great what do you think yeah it's it's great i mean it's so long yeah uh it's it's wonderful. Like the, you know, if you like De Niro and Pacino and Pesci, like they're all back doing what they do best. Wow. Um, I, for me, some Scorsese movies are a little bit impenetrable. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not super fascinated with organized crime <laughs> and the Catholicism sometimes. It's similar to Amadovar is like, I don't, I didn't grow up with Catholicism. So I, I think yeah. there's a lot of like specifics that I might not see the significance of or or have that like sense memory of, you know, being in church or whatever that I think a lot of people that that are like Scorsese fanatics get. Mm-hmm. But this movie was great. I will say I do not like the Alamo Draft House. Oh, that's where you said. Yeah. I've never been, I haven't been yet. This was the first time I'd been. I'm like I have AMC A list because oh, I nice. see a lot of movies. I should get that. So it's like twenty five dollars a month. You can see three movies a week. Wait, what's at, the difference between A list and Stubbs Club? Are they the same? I think Stubbs Club <laughs> is just like you get your like points. Oh, okay. <laughs> and AMC A list is sort of like movie pass. Okay, so you, it's got like it. an unlimited got thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still get the Stubbs Pop Club points. Yeah, yeah, got it. With <laughs> A-list. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I like not having to like parking is free. Everything is just very low maintenance like mm-hmm. you just see the movie they have nice seats in a lot of the amc theaters which i don't think people give them enough credit for uh-huh. they have recliners they have better food than they used to uh-huh. and you're in and out you have three options to choose from in burbank downtown. yeah, yeah. that's yeah. all you like that's where i go yeah. exactly you can like stop by bath and body works and get a candle yeah right stop yeah. by world market and like yep. get some british candy to bring into the mm-hmm. theater um yeah almo draft house because it's like 15 dollars for a ticket the parking, even if you get uh, um, validated, it was like $8 for parking. Jeez. Then I got, because you feel like you have to get like a beer and a meal there. Yeah. So I got like a chicken sandwich and a beer. And I ended up spending like $50 just to go see a movie. It's so interesting that like movies I've obviously gotten really expensive to go to, especially in LA. I mean, you go to other cities and I think it's often like $12 to go to the movie. But um, it's so funny that 
you know, it now costs $20 for a movie ticket and people are clamoring for like, I want to spend more money for a movie ticket. I want it to be like a hundred dollars. Yeah. And it, it really, cause I think movies should be just like for the people. And like you, I don't yeah. know, like I like just seeing a wide swath of the LA population in my like families, single yeah. people, old people, young people. Uh, and then at the draft house and to some extent, like whenever I go to the arc light too, it's this very specific, just like, white older not even film snob just like annoying rich person yeah i going to the i feel like the it's disturbing how often you see people you know at the arc light it's like oh yeah another person from my ucb class or whatever um or yeah you see a lot of filmy and you can see celebrities there all the time oh that yeah that's cool but like when i go to burbank yeah to amc and i see someone then i'm like i'm like yeah you gotta go to you gotta go to the noho regency have you ever done that second run uh no that's a fun i've heard it's great it's great it's like two dollars uh two or three dollars and it's really fun because you get to see movies it's pretty much always packed so you get to see movies with a packed theater uh, that you wouldn't that are obviously you wouldn't be able to see with a packed theater other places. <laughs> yeah. And then they're, they're, it's second run. So it's like it's, uh, yeah, movies yeah. that are not. You got to wait. Yeah. yeah. And they, got, sounds... they have hot dogs for $1.50. I mean, what more could you want? That's that does sound fun. great. Yeah. Uh, I would like to try a hot dog at the draft house because that is one of my very few complaints about AMC is the hot dogs are so oh, interesting. Got they're it. They're a little floppy. Got it. Wet bun. <laughs> yeah. Like wet bun, wet dog. Wet oh, no. every, and then, yeah. uh, let's see what else did I watch? Oh, tell me who I am. The Netflix thing. Did you see that? No, it's this documentary. It's a documentary about like a twins. One of them gets into a car accident and gets amnesia. And so the other twin has to like fill him in on oh, their that's life. Cool. But he, they come from a very disturbed family and you sort of find out through the course of the film as the guy who had amnesia also finds out about his real past because his brother was trying to protect him from Mm -hmm. things that were going on. I don't want to give things away because there are like important spoilers in the movie, but if anyone has seen this movie, please DM me. I want to talk about it because I have questions and I hate to say it, but I don't know that I believe these people. <laughs> oh, the documentary people. The brother. I don't know. It's, oh, my god. It gosh. seemed... I don't know if it was a question of, like, yeah, the filmmaking and, like, the way it's edited together. Uh, there's also... There's no... There are no other people in the movie interviewed, so you have no sort of corroboration about anything. Oh, interesting. And they have some very... It's very intense what has gone on, and you just... I don't know. I was left with a lot of questions about, like... If this is true, then you would think there would be, I don't know, some sort of investigation, wow. some sort of bigger thing going on, and then it just ended, and you're like, what? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the film. Well, I haven't seen it, but yeah. that's the filmmaker's responsibility to you know answer those questions. I think so. And I was doing a little research afterwards. These brothers had like written a book about this stuff years ago, wow. and so I don't think it was true that this guy was just finding out about it now. So these were like recreations of him, oh, which is fine. Like America's Most Wanted style, something like yeah, but like with the real people, it was odd. Wow. Uh, so I was, yeah, I was just left um, puzzled by Got the it. movie. Uh, well, let's get to our main topic this morning: 1989's. Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, written and directed by Spanish King, Pedro Almodovar. John, I sent you a list of 406 Mm -hmm. movies, a giant Mm -hmm. spreadsheet, and this was one of the ones you wanted to watch. Um, 
Why'd you choose Time Me Up, Time Me Down? Well, I was looking over the list and uh, I didn't recognize a lot of the <laughs> movies. <No. laughs> and uh, I decided, you know, uh, it would be cool. I, lo- I love this director and uh, I haven't seen all his movies. And so, and actually I've been like wanting to, to dig in after watching Pain and Glory recently. And uh, I think I, yeah, I, f- I forget which other one I watched recently, but um, yeah. So it felt like a good opportunity to enrich my knowledge of a, a, someone who's regarded as like a very, very good director. Yeah. And someone that's still working today, which He's is incredible. rare in this book, you know, starts uh, movies from the silent era all through to like the early 90s. So there aren't that many filmmakers um, that are on the high camp list that are still yeah. working. So it is interesting, especially, yeah, having his new movie just coming out now and having Antonio Banderas back or really for the first time in the Oscar race. Like oh, he's yeah. never been nominated for an he's, Oscar before. Yeah. And this could be the, the year that he does it. It's so cool that Almodovar has these multiple, like, I guess it's really um, Banderas and uh, Penelope Cruz that are his two main. I mean, he's as now, like, yeah. And back in the day, um, like, uh, oh man, the woman in this movie who's the drug dealer, right, is like a also, yeah, she, she's been in everything. And then the lead in this movie, Victoria Abril, was in uh, a few, and then the sister character, um, played by Lola as Leon. Yeah, like he has this, this, uh, this pen, exactly. Wow, so cool. And I, I feel bad for because I feel like once Penelope Cruz sort of came on the scene. Victoria Abril sort of oh really it was like a Winona Gwyneth situation oh, with Harvey oh interesting I mean I don't know I yeah. like I say on this part I, I like to pit women against each yeah, other right. and so in my head Penelope Cruz like stole Victoria Abril's career but yeah I, don't know if that's true. I wonder if Victoria Abril I wonder what her English is like because I feel like Penelope Cruz has you know that's part of the reason why she's able to be a cross-continental star yeah but her I mean she doesn't do too many English language performances yeah, yeah. anymore I I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know that there's a truly great English language Penelope Cruz performance. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, vanilla, I don't. She's in Vanilla Sky, right? Or, is, or yes, no. but I, I guess I've never seen that. Yeah, that movie's weird as hell. I haven't really watched it. I've watched bits and pieces. Yeah, uh, and like Antonio Banderas. I think Antonio Banderas be, was maybe a bigger movie star in America yeah, at yeah. some point, but he also, yeah, when when these actors are speaking in their native language, they're just like, I mean, they're just so compelling. And they're yeah. so, both of them are so like, so beautiful too. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, Young Antonio was, yeah, he was oh looking very good. Oh my God. With the short hair, I was, he has a buzz cut in this movie, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has such luscious locks yeah, usually. But yeah. he look, I mean, he looks good in anything. Yeah. Uh, so before you saw... Time me up, time me down. What was your favorite Almodovar, do you think? I think my favorite one is uh Talk to Her. So that's mm-hmm. the first first one I saw and it's so good. Um and that's kind of the one that I like think of. I definitely watched that in middle school or yeah. something and I was like thought it was so cool. Um and then I watched Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown in high school as part of a Spanish class and that was awesome. Yeah, those two are definitely some of my favorites. Okay. Yeah, I love both of those two. My my favorite's probably all about my mother because I yeah, think that yeah. was the first one I, I saw. That. I gotta see that's like one of the key. It's really good, and it's less. Um, I guess a lot of his later movies are just sort of more less physical comedy, less broad. But yeah. this one um, is just, yeah, it's just like a beautiful sort of melodrama with still some comedy yeah. in it. But uh, but yeah, it's it's my favorite. And I really love, I mean, this one is great, and I really loved Pain and Glory, too. I yeah. don't know that I've ever seen an Amador movie that I didn't like. Yeah. Well, 
you have a very good relationship with your mom, right? Yeah, I, I do too. I like I'm very close with my mom, and both I paint. Did you watch Pain and Glory? I forget whether you yes, did. yes, yes, yeah. Um, I mean, the mom stuff, like, I'm I'm there for... And I haven't seen all about my mom. Well, Toto Sober Mi Madre, so I gotta uh, yeah. uh, watch that. And he... Because he, he obviously has, like, a very close relationship with his own mother. Mm-hmm. And he is... I mean, because usually when filmmakers uh, write about their family and especially their mothers, mm-hmm. it's usually, like, a very complicated, fraught relationship yeah, or yeah. a completely dysfunctional relationship. Yeah. And, like, not to say that there aren't complications in his uh, mother-son dynamics, but, like, they all those depictions are so loving. Yeah. Which is um, just, yeah, different from f- a lot of... I feel like you don't... S- Do you think there are more father-son... There definitely are more father-son type movies than mother-son, like... I think so, because yeah. I think especially, like, s- straight... For a hetero audience. Yeah, male yeah. writers, I think are... Un- I mean, I don't want to put words in anyone anyone's mouth, but I think a lot of times they're uncomfortable writing female characters, especially when right. they're not writing female characters that they like want to fuck. Right, right. And so, yeah. like the mother, it's a. I mean, it's a tough. We saw Todd Phillips in uh, in Joker. I mean, oh, yeah. he, he automatically was like, "This mother, I, if in order for this to make sense, the Joker must want to fuck his mom." I mean, Frances Conroy really she did the best that she could. With She's that great. Role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. Any. Any mother son, like um, heads out there. That's that's yeah. a good that's yeah. a good one to start with. Yeah, spoiler uh, alert. Sorry, but yeah, and like the, his movies because they are they are like very sexually explicit and they're um, you know they're dirty and broad, but there is like a humanity that always yeah. comes through, and also a, like a lightness and like not yeah. taking your problems too seriously. Yeah. One detail I just should want to mention, I listened to an NPR interview with him that was like how I found out about uh, pain and glory. And he, his mom has never seen any of his movies wow. and he was like, it would be better for me to just not see it, show them to her because she's like more, you know, I think she may be, passed away now but uh yeah i think it, she passed it, away a few years ago yeah but like you know she she would have never like been able to fully understand like that you know the side of himself that he put into the movies that was interesting yeah he taught i mean that's like that character in pain and glory yeah who there's the, i remember that scene where she's like oh I, i'm like the people in our small town like don't understand what you do and i don't know what to tell them yeah right because uh, you're you're like making art about us but it's not like for us. Right. Right. But I, I don't know. And there is a lot of, especially directors that come from more of like a working class background. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there is like conflict in, especially if you're making sort of more art movies or mm-hmm. movies for like more of a, like an educated uh, audience mm-hmm. that there has to be some conflict, but he really does seem to not be embarrassed by like, he really like doesn't patronize um, the, like Spanish working class because yeah. he, you could tell that he, he comes f- from that background and he is just like, he loves it. Like he's yeah, not, yeah. and, uh, and a lot, I don't know, a lot of like indie American indie directors seem to come from like upper middle class or like right. a super educated background. Right. And they put so much emphasis on like personal problems and everything is like very yeah overstated and dramatic. And I think Almodovar does like does come from a lot of pain, but he, there's just a lightness to yeah, like, yeah, even so the most good. dramatic stuff. Yeah. Uh, and especially with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, cause like this movie was very controversial when it yeah. came out 
And I'm, I, I wonder like today would it, it would be even more controversial. I think it would be like yeah. more fraught and there would be so many takes on I think this that's movie. True. Yeah. Even more so than in 1989. Yeah. Cause yeah. like then, so it was, re- it was released, well, it was released before the NC 17 rating was invented. Mm-hmm. So it got an X rating, but it, it was one of the movies that sort of created the NC 17 rating. Cause, cause Amadovar and, Miramax was distributing, so Harvey Weinstein and all those people oh, wow. were saying, "This is not if you if you're giving a movie an X rating, you're saying this is pornography. Right. This movie is maybe it's sexually explicit, but it's not pornography. So we need right. a different way to notate that." And in Spain, it was like pretty because they were familiar with him, uh-huh. and like women on a, the verge of a nervous breakdown was was pretty popular. So this movie was received well, but the MPAA in America was especially concerned with the scuba diver I know it's so crazy scene, yeah which is she's just masturbating in a tub with like a scuba diver and it's not even like a real I mean she's masturbating but in like a weird not a, not a way that seems like it would work I don't no, know it's, I mean. it's like, not explicit it's yeah, yeah yeah you just sort of see the toy yeah. more than anything else yeah and then and then the sex scene which yeah, which is a banger it is one of the greatest sex scenes yeah, ever re- committed to film it's really like uh I feel like um when you see a sex scene, usually you roll your eyes because it makes it seem so like easy. You know, sex can be like, you know, it's like complicated. Yeah. And like, it could be awkward. Yeah. And especially and, when two people are like getting to know each other. Yeah. Uh, and this one, well, sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, this yeah. is just very like, it's like, seems like they're having a great time. Like it's a perfect, it's a good sex, but it's <laughs> like, feels, you know, real, like it seems like realistic and kind of a quirky way. It's very passionate. Yeah. It's, it's very passionate, but it like the sex tells a complete story. Yeah, it's so good, and it's like it's long. <laughs> it's so long, yeah. but it's so joy. Because a lot of times, like there will be long sex scenes that are it's like two people in a long term relationship or two people having issues, uh-huh. and so the the sex will be um, sad or angry right, or something. Right, right. And this one is completely joyous. Yeah, and like he's so good at letting you see in like a straight sex scene, letting you see both the man and the woman's point of view and both right. of their like pleasure. Yeah. And you really like, I don't, I can't think of another sex scene where you're sort of equally invested in like making sure that both the man and the woman get off and <laughs> yeah, like the right. different ways that they got off. It was and, so good. Yeah, yeah. God. Yeah. So guys, if you see one sex scene and you're like, <laughs> yeah, right. this will teach you how to do it. Yeah. It's a good, it's a tutorial. It really is. Uh, cause like, God, and yeah, he goes out of the second time and you're like, think, Oh no, I couldn't do it again. Yeah. And right. Then, I thought it was going to end. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it kind of has a false. End. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently like the scene as written was just the first part. And then he just like kept rolling and they're like, well, I guess we have to keep acting, wow. keep doing it. I mean, the level of, like trust that those two actors need to have for that is unbelievable. Like, how do you do that? I, I mean, know. you just have to commit. I guess you train your whole your, your whole life. Yeah, and like they had worked. So yes, Antonio Banderas and Victoria Abril had worked together, not in an Almodovar movie, but they'd worked together a bunch of times before. So oh, I think okay. they were comfortable. Um, so let's talk about. What Paul Rowan thinks Let's of Time Me Up, Time yeah. Me Down. So, if this is the first episode of High Camp you're listening to, I stole the name of this podcast from a duo of 
Gay Film Guides from the 1990s, written by amateur film critic and professional librarian Duluth, Minnesota, in Paul Rowan. He wrote reviews of all 406 of these movies. And here is what he thought about Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. I can't wait. <laughs> Midway through Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, a sex comedy directed by Pedro Almodovar, we're confronted with a spoofy TV ad so utterly tasteless it epitomizes the best of modern camp. Intended to contrast the spendthrift ways of Spaniards with the canny financial practices of, say, Germans, for example, we're presented with a pair of happy Hitler youths signing up for a retirement plan. It's a heterosexual couple, of course, but they both sport swastika armbands. <laughs> the film itself offers us Almodovar's subversive take on the Stockholm Syndrome. A former mental patient, Antonio Banderas, kidnaps a movie actress, Victoria Abril, in hopes of forcing her to fall in love with him. Since this is a lighthearted farce, he succeeds. She's a dope addict. What turns the tide in his favor is when he gets beat up while buying her some smack. There's abundant evidence of a gay sensibility at work. The camera seems indecently preoccupied with the tightness of Antonio's jeans. <laughs> at one point, he steals and wears a female wig. He pretends he's a rock star. One of the thugs who works him over is a homosexual sadist who gets off on it. The monster in the horror film Victoria is making is a masked muscle man dressed in S&M regalia. Too bad there's just no way we can get around the fact that what we're watching is essentially a heterosexual love story. <laughs> this guy like hates straight people. That's so funny. He comes from the generation of gay men, I think, who are so just like traumatized that they... That like is, reject any wow. heterosexuality. That review is very funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so focused. I mean, the uh, not to, this is like a nitpicky thing, but it's so funny that he singles out that guy who beat him up as a homosexual sadist. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even really... Rem that's a stretch. It's like, it's like basically they beat up Antonio Banderas and one of them is like, they, one, they're like, I get the drugs, I get his money and, and this, and one of them is like, what do I get? And he's like, oh, you liked it. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were like, oh, you can fuck him if you want. And he's oh, like, no, thanks. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's how you know he's he's gay. I, I guess. Didn't... Yeah. It's just, yeah, it seemed like a total throwaway. <laughs> that's so funny. But I do like how he focused on that because that commercial in the middle is like a little jarring and takes you yeah. out of it. But it's so it really funny. funny. Yeah. And like we, I mean, yeah, we don't know the, the sort of intricacies of mid-century like European economics, yeah. but just knowing that like, oh, the Germans have like money to spare. Yeah. And the Spanish are all sort of like on the dole and begging. It makes it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that was a funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh but let's say a little bit about what this movie's about in yeah, case you yeah. haven't seen it. And it's basically yeah, it's just like a fucked up romantic comedy yeah. about a guy who gets released from a mental institute, uh breaks into the house of an actress that he once had a one-time fling with, um, holds her hostage in her own house, and then they develop um, a relationship. Mm -hmm. and yeah. That's about it, really. And it's and I feel like from that description, you might think, like, Antonio Banderas is kidnapping her, but he's kind of sweet about it. And he kind of is, but... He's like, I'll kill you. He definitely says, like, I'm going to kill you and kill myself. It's not like... It's kind of interesting. His character is so interesting because he's kind of sympathetic a little bit, even though he's really so messed up and what he's doing is really bad. He's like the Joker. Yeah, he is like the Joker. He is the Joker. <laughs> I, uh, I recognize him. Yeah, well, because he... You you think... Well, and he is sort of a sociopath. Like, yes. maybe not, but... Well, the first scene of him is, is him 
fucking the like warden of the asylum he's in. Right. And she sort of having a crush on him and like letting him go, even though he probably should still be locked up. Yeah. Um, and then immediately he goes and finds this lady and she is an actress. And a lot of like Almodovar's movies have um, filmmaking as part of the plot. And so she's in sort of a weird horror movie and she's the character in the movie is like an ex porn actress and a heroin addict. So she is not really taken seriously as an actress in the mm-hmm. movie. And mm-hmm. maybe this is like the movie for her to uh, reinvent her image or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like when she's going home to change for the cast party after they rap, uh, Antonio is there and yeah, he's very threatening at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, um, and she's yeah, realistically he afraid. Her. He punches yeah, her yeah. and like uh, knocks her out from punching her. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely. Yeah, he's not a nice. He's, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. But he's not really. Sti- I feel like he doesn't. The movie doesn't see him as like evil. It's very. It's like a pretty generous portrayal of him. And this was something that maybe I thought I was not getting fully because it was a different language. And maybe if you heard it in the language that was your first language you would be able to feel like how this guy is supposed to come across whether he's supposed to come across as fully evil or not and if i was like it just seems like he's like nice like i mean he's he's bad but like the movie is very kind to the kidnapper of this woman i would say yeah because you're looking you're looking at like if this happened to you or if this happened to your uh, sister or your girlfriend or whatever you're like oh no this is horrible this is um a felony uh he specifically does not rape her yes which is interesting because i think that sort of gives him a pass both with with her character and with the viewer Mm -hmm. uh because she's like she says something like well if you're gonna fuck me just get it over with right right and he's like no we have to wait until we're both ready yeah yeah he's like that he he does say like this not yet like he's he clearly expects that it's gonna happen sometime yeah and I mean, that's what I'm thinking in, I don't know. And coming from a male, a male director, it is like very fraught because yes. to some extent, this movie is from her perspective and it's watching this disturbed woman. Mm-hmm. Obviously she has a lot of issues, fall in love with her own captor, mm-hmm. which is not something that doesn't happen. Like right. for with kidnapping victims, we see that with, you know, everyone from the Manson girls to yeah, whoever yeah. else, like this is something that happens, but this movie makes it, um, makes it seem like they do have an happy, have a happy ending. Yeah. Or I don't, or I don't know if that ending is supposed to be sort of like ironic. It definitely, so we can talk about the ending without. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. This movie's 30 years old. Go yeah. fucking see it. it We're de- spoiling it. The, it definitely, I felt, uh, it, ha- it ends. The ending is, hilarious it's it's insane they that's like the most to me the part where it was the most illogical so she her sister rescues her from this guy after she's kind of been like i think i love him but she knows that they shouldn't be together uh she knows that she like should not be attracted to him or should not be staying with him yeah and she's like obviously lonely and she is still and drugs do have like a big uh role in this movie like mm-hmm. she's an active heroin addict and he's able to like get her drugs mm-hmm. um but then yeah the sister who is is also has worked on the movie and she's played by Lola Leon I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right but she's this great Spanish character actress who's been in a lot of mm-hmm. Almodovar movies mm-hmm. and so yeah she 
rescues her. Yeah, she she rescues her, and then they talk. You know, you don't. I think you don't see that all of that scene, but they're like kind of talking about it. Um, Antonio is going uh, to visit his hometown, and then the sister is like goes on, is on her side. Next time you see her, the sister's like, you know, they should be together. And then it ends on this hilarious thing where they're all driving in a car together and they and Antonio and the sister sing this full song that is pr- maybe a pop song yeah it's from, like a Spanish like 80s pop song it's like I was laughing so hard it just felt so insane and such a it did feel like there was one logical step missing like these people are singing together now <laughs> it just didn't feel like I could not really understand what the sister's per- point of view could be that she would be so easily won over and then, but the but throughout, it kind of feels like the end of The Graduate. You see on the face of uh, the lead character, what's, I'm sorry, what's the, oh, the uh, actress? Uh, the actress is Victoria Abril and the character is Marina. Yeah, so on Marina is like, is flashes across her face that she's like, oh, maybe this like wasn't a good idea. And Antonio is like holding her by the neck in like an affectionate way, but also kind of a threatening way. It's like, this is not going to be, you get the sense that it won't be a, good relationship going forward no, at least or, I, yeah. yeah at least it'll be like a very complicated yeah. relationship and i think to me that yeah that last shot and like the the ambiguity of that final moment saves the movie from yes. being sexist sexist yeah. yeah well because yeah. it, it is so con- like i i don't know like we as two men like we can't really say like right. what uh how a woman would feel watching this movie especially someone who's 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 been through like assault or something like i can't yeah. even imagine if if you could i'm sure it would be difficult to yeah laugh, be, but... yeah because it, 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 there's so much there's so much dark stuff in this and yeah and like you said earlier they don't at the end he is like very lovable but and i think also so much of it has to do with how beautiful antonio banderas is yeah yeah that's like, interesting if there was an average looking guy that did this yeah he wouldn't get away with it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like that's the classic men's rights activist. Yeah, exactly. yeah sorry. Like, you know, to... if you're a creep and you talk to a girl at a bar, yeah, this guy's a total chad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he would get away with it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's true. Like, there's yeah. a lot that someone who looks like Antonio. I mean, I'm not saying that he, like, in real life, he could get away with this specifically. But yeah. as an audience, at least, you're able to have that suspension of disbelief yeah, because. Yeah. God, those je- he has like light jeans in the beginning, uh, and then he changes into the dark jeans. Wow, and so I jeans, cannot decide which jeans are better. They're the both mo- perfect. See, I, I, the movie reviewer's jeans argument is it does resonate with you. That's very funny. I mean, no one has ever looked better in a pair of jeans than Antonio yeah. Banderas. He has a red movie. long sleeve shirt and jeans. I mean, it's the good. It's kind of like a Jerry Seinfeld look, but you know. Oh, don't. Antonio, I mean, yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I know. I feel like so. Amadovar is thought of as a actress's director right that's is that something people I say think about so. him? yeah yeah he's yeah very, he's very like he's very in touch he, has, he writes a lot of great female characters i think i guess he's written probably both movies with female leads and male leads yeah but he's no yeah he's definitely known i think because there are just fewer male directors that yeah. do write good parts for yeah. so like similar to like george cooker uh-huh. almodovar is thought of as yeah very empathetic and i think also uh because he's gay he and I don't know. I don't want to. He might get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, right? Still, because right. it's still that like male gaze, even though it's not a sexualized yeah. male gaze. Yeah, you can still tell this is not a, a female perspective. And he's in. The, he's also like he's very 
he was putting people who were not like traditional had traditional gender identities in movies before. I don't know if that's like you know we've <laughs> yeah well he was before yeah he was he putting was, like trans women trans women before um, uh, non-binary people yeah. before that language was even there like right. he, yeah because he came up in you know post Franco Spain in Madrid in like the seventies and eighties where it was a very sort of liberal sort of like Berlin before World War Two like oh interesting there was a lot of um you know a lot of sex a lot of drugs uh, he was coming from this sort of permissive uh culture yeah that's which is probably why he's like can make this and do it in a way that isn't like out and out bad <laughs> like yeah. you know yeah like you're saying like he has a he gets some maybe not a pass but he's like better at he you know if you if we're a, you're a straight white male if you're a straight male director this movie would probably be worse. You could no, say. Yeah. If it was Todd Phillips, tie <laughs> yeah, me up, or tie me down, yeah. Nate Parker's tie yeah, me up, right. tie me down, Woody Allen's tie yeah, me up, yes, tie me down. Yes, definitely. Uh, it would be, and yeah, I don't know what that's, if, if that is something to like Amadovar's credit or if, if, and I do think there's a difference because, uh, yeah, even though, I don't know, even though this, this situation is like to use a fucking, 2019 term that I don't like. It's like problematic. Right, right, right. Uh, it, I don't know. He makes it work. Yeah. And, and we're saying it makes it work. So if, if you're a woman watching this movie, maybe you would have a different right. opinion. And your opinion is obviously completely valid. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. I can't I even express it. I saw when I, a little bit online that there was a feminist backlash sure. to the movie. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's... I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I watched it alone. I, it, it was... It is a crazy, it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's, to me, like that makes it a little more sort of respectful, at least, is that at least in the the beginning, they don't shy away from his uh, sociopathy or Mm -hmm. or his violence. Um, And it's not like, I imagine if there was like an American romantic comedy remake of this movie with like Kate Hudson or something, it would be even like grosser and more problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like there's so many movies that like, uh, revenge of the nerds is a movie where the nerds are mean to girls and then the girls fall in love with them. Like it's definitely a thing. When there's like date rape and revenge of the nerds. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And really all, or not all, but like a lot of romantic comedies are about men stalking women. Or tricking them. yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, a generous reading of this is that, Almodovar is commenting on yeah. those sexist tropes. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that like, he is. Like, yeah. yeah, he's like a smart guy. So I don't think we should take this at face value <laughs> yeah. and being like he's condemning right. or he's he's condoning this behavior. Right. Because I was like, what you're saying, this, this backlash and oh, another thing that the MPAA was saying to give it an X rating was they don't want men to watch this movie and... Uh, start kidnapping women right 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 and his response to that was well i don't assume that the viewers of my movies are psychopaths <laughs> that's great and yeah. to bring it back to todd phillips this yeah. is exactly <laughs> so joker five stars yeah time me up time me down also five stars right, two yeah. greatest most feminist movies in the last yeah. 25 years oh uh, uh, yeah i don't know but yeah now i mean now i'm a because he is like whatever the male version of like the grand dame of yeah. like he's this icon. So I think he, he could probably get away with this. And right. also again, because he's gay and yeah. so no one can accuse him of like, of being like uh, horny, horny. Yeah. Being horny. Exactly. Yeah. Is, have you seen, uh, I haven't seen this movie, but have you seen the skin I'm in or the skin? Yes. I'm in? Cause this is kind of, that's kind of like a, 
similar to this one, right? And it's like a. I don't remember. Do you, I remember that is uh, um, Antonio Banderas is I believe like a cosmetic surgeon uh-huh. and he gets injured or someone. I got. I don't remember. But yeah, it's a very creepy. I think he falls in love with the person that he's kidnapped. I and it's like and the person he, he's kidnapped is someone who raped his daughter. I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen it though. So, oh. but I, I, you know what? It's been. But a anyway, while. <laughs> I don't know about it. But I think it's uh, like a it might be an interesting companion to this movie because it's also about a, a romance that grows out of like a really fucked up situation. Yeah, and I mean, Almodovar has a lot of those, and I wonder like because part of part of me too watching this movie was like, oh, this is not from a female perspective. This is like a fucked up gay man's fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Of like, and I can say I don't know like. And this might be problematic what I'm saying, but like of like, oh, if I was kidnapped by Antonio Banderas, like, sure, I'll go for it. (laughs) And like, I don't know that like a woman would have that same perspective. And I don't, again, like, I'm not saying that gay men are complicit in their own like assaults at all, but there's, there's just like a physical power uh, dynamic that is absent from, from gay relationships. And so like, you can maybe afford a little bit oh, more I leeway see. even in your fantasies about right, right. rough sex and yeah, yeah. S&M and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But that's what it, and cause yeah, like again, he's just so beautiful. You're like, well, I mean, sure. I'd go for it if, if he did that to me. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's like, he uses the, in the movie, he gets like nice tape. He gets like, you know, he's ta- yeah. at first he's taping her mouth as like, so she doesn't yell and get help with like rough tape and then he gets nice tape he's somewhat he does these these uh sensitive things yeah he's a gentle he goes to pick her up pills he goes uh to the street to buy heroin for her he's he's almost like a uh like a um mr magoo or um who's the who's the uh guy who doesn't speak and gets his head stuck in a turkey from um doesn't uh, speak and gets uh, his head stuck in a Mr. Turkey. B. Oh, Mr. B. Yes. Okay. He's he's almost he's like very unfamiliar with the world. He's kind of like, oh, heroin. Sure, I'll go yeah. buy it. Oh, like oh, I'll just buy the I'll just like rob the heroin from the I'll steal the heroin from the woman instead of taking it and buying it. It's like it's not a problem. He doesn't really have a understanding of how to exist in the world because he's been in a, an asylum his yeah. whole like since he was a kid. And he's an orphan, so he has this like sad sack backstory, yeah, yeah. which also. And again, I don't know if this is him, Almodovar, commenting on, oh, like, if this if a guy gives you this sad story, you're going to feel sorry for him, even if he's doing these horrible things, or if he's falling into... Like, mm-hmm. it's very ambiguous, which I think yeah. makes it great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is part of the podcast, but did you like the movie? Does it, do you usually ask if you like, liked oh, it or not? Yeah. I uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't usually... I think it usually just, like, I assume that everyone likes these yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. There was actually the a couple of weeks ago I did uh, Mame, the Lucille Ball movie with uh-huh. with John Flynn, my husband, and we uh-huh. like that one was truly bad. That was Got like it. the first movie I've seen for this you podcast. That, yeah, we yeah. Ripped but yeah, no, I I loved this movie. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I mean, this guy is what a genius. He's like hits so consistently. What a what a what a, like an amazing director. Someone who just has his complete vision from yeah the time and i've not seen i think like he did a lot of really sort of experimental stuff in the 70s and right. 80s like on super 8 and so yeah he, and he was someone who s- sort of slowly built a reputation uh-huh. and then has just i mean i guess he's had a couple of like dips in his career yeah 
if if you guys have seen Pain and Glory, that sort of goes over a lot of autobiographical details, what yeah. I assume are autobiographical yeah, yeah, details more, about yeah. issues he had. But yeah, and also someone, I don't know, working in a foreign language um, who's somehow able to have this international reputation yeah. at a time when like foreign language movies were not, it was like very, it was post Bergman and Kurosawa. And I think like the eighties were not a huge fruitful time for world cinema in America. Uh-huh. And for some reason, Almodovar's movies broke through. Yeah. has And he's never been, is Volver an American movie? Like I know that it's in, in Spanish, but it felt like that had a very wide release. I remember at the time, like there were, trailers for it on tv and stuff for sure i think starting i mean maybe starting with this one because Mm -hmm. this came after women on a verge and so i know i know at least miramax distributed it Uh in america but yeah by the time of volver because that that's also when penelope cruz was a huge star right and so and that was i think the one time that almodovar has got an oscar nomination for Uh best director so yeah i think and and i know he's had a, a really long relationship with Sony Pictures Classics, oh. um, and so they they do a good job at like promoting his movies. Yeah, it's interesting that he's never been like uh, you know s- they've never convinced him to direct like a Marvel movie, or, yeah, you know, God. like that they've never gotten him like to direct some English language. I'm sure they've tried. Yeah, and it, yeah, because most like world directors will at least do a couple movies in English. Yeah. Like even like Bong Joon Ho, yeah, did yeah. Snowpiercer oh, and yeah. Okja. Um, and then went back to doing Korean yeah, movies that for movie Parasite. Amazing, by the way, obviously. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, Almodovar, I guess he's just never been interested. Yeah. And also, like, I think it helps that because Antonio Banderas and Penelope Cruz are sort of like international stars, mm-hmm. he isn't forced to do English language movies and probably could still get like a budget because they're in them. Yeah. Um, whereas some other international directors would probably have to like use American movie stars in order to like get those budgets. Yeah. I love in uh pain and glory. There's one part where he, he, they show his iMac and like some person, an actor who he's works with goes on his, I'm on his iMac. So this is like the fictionalized Antonio Banderas playing a version maybe of, of Almodovar and they show what's on his desktop and it's just like a bunch of word documents with like story ideas. That was so cool to think this guy is so accomplished and he just like has a, probably does have a MacBook with a bunch of like germs of ideas, you know, just like me and you, bro. Geniuses. (laughs) They're just like us. (laughs) But no, it did, it did seem, it was, it was very, uh, yeah. Heartening as a writer to be like, Oh yeah. Like I have similar stuff, just (laughs) like stupid ideas lying around. And like, I guess that's where those ones start too. So cool. God, in pain and glory too. I just loved the relationship between the Almodovar part and the actor. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's like just such a, like the relationships between actors and writers are so, weird and that was like a just a perfect example of like the the writers sort of think the actors are stupid and yet the actors like have more power in a certain sense and the writers are also jealous of the actors because they're like more comfortable in their bodies and probably like better looking and like more famous so it's like it's and it was just so perfect. And I love, yeah, the actor like reads the text and is like, I could bring this to life. And I'm like, very, <laughs> felt very cool. It, it reminded, yeah, reminded me of uh, the old mod days. days. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, so guys, go to, if you have the Criterion channel, 
Or if you have an LA public library account, you can watch Time Me Up, Time Me Down on Canopy. Oh my gosh, I rented it from Amazon. I'm such a Oh, dope. you wasted $3. Yeah, yeah, I should have gone on. Well, there goes my coffee for today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, it sucks to be you. Yeah. Uh, also, Pain and Glory is probably still in theaters. Um, and I hope Antonio gets it, because Antonio's never been nominated for an Oscar. I hope he gets oh, his yeah. first one this time. And I hope we get to see, I hope that Pain and Glory is in the last movie. I mean, it sounds like he has chronic pain. It's like very hard for him to make, so, so, like the director in uh, Time Me Up, Time Me Down is like wheelchair bound. I think Amodovar is, wow. has chronic pain. Um, so I hope that he, you know, I mean, we've gotten a lot from him. Yeah. If he wants to take a break, he should. <laughs> and I think he did. I mean, I think he did take a break before Pain and Glory. I hope yeah. he's on the mend. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, that is really crazy that like, I know. even when he was in his 30s or whatever, he sort of saw his own future yeah. of being that wheelchair bound yeah. director. That horny ass guy in a wheelchair. Oh God, just yeah. watching porn. Uh, <laughs> While his wife or watch is it, like, yeah, his wife's like, uh, do you need anything? Yeah. He's like, no, sorry, I'm good. I'm She's watching like, okay. my, one of my employees do porn. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> Oh, that poor wife. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, also, funny enough, and I'm sorry, I know we've kind of moved on from the movie, but the porn that he's watching is very, like, artfully shot. It's kind of funny. It's like, okay. But it's like, you got an, like, an NC-17 or an X, you might as well show, because yeah. the porn is, like, you sort of, you see her face and her back, yeah. but you don't really see, like, her butt. Yeah, yeah. And you see, soft. yeah, it was very soft. I was <laughs> yeah. like, Pedro, come on. Yeah. Uh, but I guess like that actress obviously is that not really a porn star. They didn't so. have the CGI technology <laughs> no. to face map her. And they're not, else. they're not going to make Victoria Abril do unsimulated sex. Smart, smart. So yeah, it's not like that brown bunny guy who, who Vincent Gallo. Yeah, it's not a uh, Vincent Gallo. Chloe Seventy. <laughs> yeah, come on. I mean, classic. Yeah. Where's he now? Where's his I comeback? I don't know. I have only I haven't seen any of those movies except for I started to watch Buffalo. 66. Oh, I love Buffalo. Really? 66. I yeah. stopped watching it, but. I well, I wasn't. It just wasn't the right vibe. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, teenage Brian. I yeah. thought those were very artistic <laughs> yeah, movies. Yeah. Uh, so John Milstein, if we were to write a third volume of High Camp, what's a movie that you would nominate to add to the list? Okay, well, uh, I think I would recommend a movie that I actually saw at the Dollar Theater, mm. and it's The Trolls. The Trolls movie. <laughs> oh, the recent Troll. Yeah, is this yeah. the one with the Justin Timberlake song? Yeah, yeah. Oh man. I mean, like I said, I'm uh, you know I'm a straight guy. I don't know. I'm not. Hey, straight guys can like camp too. Yeah, but but uh, that felt like the right amount. Is that like way off base? No, not at all. It's like it's got a you know it's very uh, has some great visuals and it has kind of like a, a ugly. A monster who falls in love, which feels like kind of in yeah, the right wheelhouse. That's similar to Time Me Up, Time yeah. Me Down, which is a play on the Beauty and the Beast story. Totally, yeah. Uh, uh, worth so, checking out. So that I saw a trailer, and I think it was for a Trolls sequel Trolls that's coming out. coming out. Yeah, and it's like it's sort of like all the different trolls doing different types of music. Have you seen this trailer? I so there's don't like think so. I feel like actually I have, but I don't remember. There's like a rap troll and like a country troll. Yeah. And like a electro pop troll and like an art alternative troll, yeah. and they all have to come together it's to do something. Yeah, it, it sounds truly. I mean, the the visuals, the 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 animation is like an assault. It's insane. Yeah, it's uh, you know, honestly, as far as a non Pixar three D movie, it's pretty good. Okay, <laughs> um, but uh, the. Yeah, the characters they changed. They don't look like the trolls we know from our no, year. They're, totally they're like different. sexy trolls. Yeah, um, but uh, I mean, with that Justin Timberlake song, it's so funny. Justin Timberlake is 
so bad in it. Is he, he does a voice in the yeah, movie too. Yeah. yeah, I think he's the lead. Remember, um, God bless. When I, people no were will. like, Justin Timberlake is the next great comic actor. Oh, really? After is with actor Dick in a Box or something? It was or? like, yeah, like SNL, Dick in a Box, That's maybe so at, like a uh, social network, and they were like, oh, oh yeah. we have some Oscar buzz for him. Whoa! And then it was just like, no, thank you. That's crazy. Um, yeah. And is Katy Perry? No, that's Smurfs that Katy Perry's in. Yeah, which is so crazy. I just learned about Smurfette and how it's a character. It's the only female Smurf. She was created by an evil wizard to to like throw off the men and all the other men. Whoa. There's something called the Smurfette Law that's like about the one female character in a in a TV show or movie who like everybody else is lusting after. Yeah, yeah. No, she is. Well, later they had like Smurf Juniors or something, mm-hmm. and they had another girl that was like the second generation of Smurfs yeah. who had a brown pigtail. I think she was just called oh, like okay, sassy Smurf or something. That was good. They so there was progressive. two. So um, Smurfs are basically like an Almodovar movie, great female characters. Yeah, right. Um, and you know what? I thought of one more mm. and I'll just do it quick. Hustlers. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, J-Lo in a fur, like yeah, that's yeah, camp. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hustlers. Guys, go see Hustlers. Did you like it? You liked it, obviously. I feel... Uh, I controversial, but I didn't <gasps> like it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if you go on my letterbox, you'll see all my movies ranked for 2019. Yeah. I think Hustlers is at number four for wow, me right yeah, now. I messed what up. didn't you like about it? I just didn't think it was suspenseful. Like they're, they're no. doing a heist, but like, it's not it's, about the heist. Yeah. It's about the friendship. I know. I don't know. But then, you know, I had some various complaints about and it. And the music, they play Britney. They, I, mean, I don't think it was working on me on the level that the audience for that movie that it works on them. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, it's mostly, it, they, they, like, I think they said like 70% of the audience's opening weekend were women. It's yeah. pretty rare. And it did really well. So more movies like Hustlers. And it's impossible for you to empathize with <laughs> yeah, exactly. women. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how, that's my, I'll end this podcast by saying that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. get the fuck <laughs> yeah. out of here. Uh, I also have to say, Constance Wu, keep being a diva. Keep being an asshole. Yeah. We need more disgusting Hollywood assholes yeah, like you. Kind of I fun. love you. Never stop. <laughs> uh, well, that's a good, <laughs> good yeah, yeah. thing to yeah. the podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. John. Thanks so much, Brian. This is so fun. Um, do you have anything you want to plug anything you're working on? Um, yeah, you know, uh, I'll just keep, um, you know, making videos online every once in a while. Check those out. And uh, I'm working on a new podcast. Uh, it's called what a day from crooked media. It's a big podcast. It's guys. a big podcast. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm in the podcasting space too. Brian inspired me. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, what am I doing? And, uh, just me and John Favreau. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, check that out. Um, it's with two really fun, Funny hosts, Akila Hughes and Gideon Resnick, and we have a good time every day of the week. It's great. It's every morning it comes out, and you get to hear the news with a funny twist. That's exactly. I was going to say you don't have exact to read same words. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to read the paper. That's right. Um, also, check out John's Twitter. It's one of the funniest Twitters oh, Brian, on Twitter. So much. He has just a great, unique voice. Oh my gosh, um, that is like no one so else. So flattering. Um, it's very sweet. Yeah. Uh, if you like this podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us uh, five stars, write a review, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at High Camp Pod. You can follow me at Rucker Bry, and I'll see you next week. Bye.